Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including special guest Keith Flaw, co-founder of a terrific organization. It's called the Florida Citizens Alliance. We'll also visit with Michael Cannon, who's the Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. We're talking about Froster's Fool Homeless into Obamacare. Seton Motley is the founder and president of Less Government, and we'll also visit with the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett, about what's happening around uh, the Paradise Coast. It is June the 29th, and on this day in 1776, Edward Rutledge, one of the South Carolina's representatives to the Continental Congress in Philadelphia, expressed his reluctance to declare independence from Britain in a letter to a like-minded John Jay of New York, uh, contrary to the majority of his congressional colleagues, Rutledge advocated patience with regards to declaring independence. In a letter to Jay, one of New York's representatives who was similarly disinclined to rush into a declaration, Rutledge worried whether moderates like himself and Jay could effectually oppose the resolution for independence. Jay had urgent business in New York and therefore was not able to present for the debates or be present for the debates. Thus, Rutledge wrote his concerns. Rutledge was born in uh, Charleston to a physician who had immigrated from Ireland. Edward's elder brother, John, studied law at London's Middle Temple before returning to set up a lucrative practice in Charleston. Edward followed suit and uh, studied first in Oxford University before being admitted to the English bar at the Middle Temple. He, too, returned to Charleston, where he married and began a family in a house across the street from his brother, as revolutionary politics roiled in the colonies, first John, then Edward, served in South Carolina's representative to the Continental Congress. Neither Rutledge brother was eager to sever ties with Great Britain, but it fell to Edward to sign the Declaration of Independence and create the appearance of unanimity to strengthen the Patriot stand. At age 26, Edward Rutledge was the youngest American to literally risk his neck by signing the document. <clears throat> Important story because I think it points out to us the fabric of what was happening during the Amer American Revolution. Though he committed and signed and really put his life and family at risk uh, by signing the Declaration of Independence, <clears throat> wasn't fully committed to the whole notion of independence and had some reservations, as you can see. It was an interesting time during the Revolution. It's amazing that we made it through the process. Well, travelers are getting hit with delays at U.S. airports again on Wednesday as ominous signs heading into the long July 4th weekend, which is shaping up to be the biggest test yet for airlines that are struggling to keep up with the surging numbers of passengers. <clears throat> Excuse me. Each, uh, by early afternoon on the East Coast, nearly 3,000 U.S. flights had been delayed and more than 800 canceled, according to FlightAware. The worst disruptions continued to be along the East Coast, which has been pummeled by thunderstorms this week. The Federal Aviation Administration temporarily grounded flights going to all three major airports in New York City uh, Tuesday night after holding up flights heading to Reagan and Washington National and Baltimore Washington airports near the nation's capital earlier in the day. Huge crowds, bad weather, 
inability of some airline crews to reach their scheduled offices. Even a, a Delta jet that made a belly landing in Charlotte, North Carolina, had all contributed to the mess. Also, an auditor of the FAA found 77% of critical facilities like air traffic control are staffed below the 85% level the agency considers necessary. FAA, uh, Federal uh, Aviation Administration, facilities in New York and Miami are staffed at 54 and 66% respectively, which poses a risk to the continuity of air traffic operations. I guess we can all be grateful that Pete Buttigieg, our Secretary of Transportation, is on top of it. Well, if he were on top of it, we would have done something about it long before now. Yesterday, more than 120 million people from the Midwest to the East Coast were under air quality alerts. Officials say poor air quality could uh, last a few more days as smoke from Canada's nearly 500 active wildfires moves across the United States. The hazy skies come as 90 million Americans are under heat advisories. In recent weeks, at least 13 people have died from heat-related injuries in Texas. Now temperatures across the southern and central parts of the United States are reportedly expected to jump 20 degrees higher than the uh, normal, reaching the upper 90s or low 100s. I think they call this condition a heat dome. But irrespective, it raises the question, why is everybody traveling anyhow, unless you're going to Italy or someplace like that? <clears throat> That's not a very friendly atmosphere to, for travel uh, these days, especially with uh, what's happening with air traffic control and the airlines. Well, as Americans gear up for Independence Day celebrations and prepare for the upcoming 2024 presidential election, a growing number of individuals are grappling with financial strain as the price of essential goods and services outpace their incomes. According to a USA Today poll, approximately 52% of participants believe that the United States has become too expensive to live in. Concurrently, a recent survey conducted by the Pew Center reveals that 7 in 10 Americans identify stifling inflation in the state of the economy as the country's primary challenges. The Pew survey findings indicate that a a significant majority of individuals across the various demographics, including age, gender, and race, consider inflation to be a very big problem. The average family is spending $768 more per month on goods and services than before this whole thing began. Can you believe that? That's quite a strain on individual budgets. The Congressional Budget Office, an independent and nonpartisan group of budget experts, excuse me, revealed its long-term projections on Wednesday, signaling a concerned trajectory for the country's public debt. According to the report, the CBO projects that public debt will surge by 107% or to 107% of United States gross domestic product by 2029, with an even more staggering estimate of 181% by 2053. The CBO's latest projections shed light on the significant fiscal problems confronting Congress and Joe Biden uh, as president. The forecast underscores the pressing need for an effective measure to address the mounting public debt, which has profound implications for the nation's economic stability and long-term financial health. I don't see evidence that uh, President Biden has any interest in that at all. Speaking of whom, President Biden denied being involved with his Hunter Biden's business dealings in China on Wednesday. I'm not kidding, he really did. He just doubled down on his previous thoughts. 
a report oppressed Biden regarding recent reports that his son's text messages indicated the president had been in the room with him while he was negotiating with another party. President Biden, how involved are you in your son's Chinese shakedown text messages? Were you sitting there? Were you involved? That was according from a New York Post reporter. No, I wasn't. And uh, no, Biden shouted in response. The denial relates to a text message which Hunter's uh, to Harvest Fund Manager CEO Henry Zhao, showing Hunter allegedly he was with his father to pressure Zhao to satisfy a pledge. I'm sitting here with my father, and this is a quote, and we would like to understand why the commitment was not has not been fulfilled, Hunter wrote in a WhatsApp ma- message to Zhao. Tell the director that I would like to resolve this now before it gets out of hand, and that means tonight, Hunter wrote, and Z. If I get a call or text from anyone involved in this other than you, Zhang, or the chairman, I will make certain that between the man sitting here next to me and every person he knows and my ability to forever hold a grudge that you will regret not following my direction. <laughs> Talk about a shakedown. Can you believe that? Whistleblower test- testimony uh, relating to the investigating uh, Hunter came to light almost a year after reports surfaced on the alleged voicemail from President Biden to Hunter, in which he purportedly discussed his son's international business dealings. Hey, pal, it's Dad. It's 8.15 on Wednesday night. If you have a chance, give me a call. Nothing urgent. I just wanted to talk with you, Biden said in his voicemail. I thought the article released online, it's going to be printed tomorrow in the Times, was good. I think you're in the clear, (laughs) Biden wrote. The Justice Department announced earlier this month that Hunter would plead guilty to two misdemeanor accounts of willful failure to pay federal income tax as part of a deal expected to keep him out of jail uh, for the time being. The president's son also agreed to enter into a pretrial diversion agreement concerning a separate charge of possession of a firearm by a person who is, it is an unlawful user of it or an addicted to a controlled substance. Unbelievable. By the way, there's a lot of pressure on the judge who's going to review this uh, plea deal to uh, overturn it and to start over or somehow change the deal because it is clearly uh, uh, not a a demonstration of justice. And I'm sure you've heard now, Biden was confused. He was asked about Putin, what's going on, and he said Putin is clearly losing the war in Iraq. I'm not kidding. Biden said that yesterday. The White House has been routinely editing transcripts of the President Biden's speeches to make him look more coherent, according to a new report. The report, which was published by the Washington Free Beacon, found that the White House has made a number of changes to Biden's transcripts, including removing pauses, correcting grammar, and even changing the meaning of some of his words. I'll give you an example. The report found that the White House removed a pause from a speech by Biden, in which he said, we have to be able to get some something done. Get something done with this inflation. The pause were removed because it made Biden's speech sound more disjointed. That really happened. That's not legal, by the way. That's against the law. It's supposed to be a record of what exactly happened so we can maintain it uh, for our uh, future uh, uh, understanding of history. They're trying to change history. President Joe Biden touted the benefits of government infrastructure during a speech on Bidenomics in Chicago on Wednesday, but couldn't seem to keep the lights on in delivering his remarks in semi-darkness. It's not immediately clear why Biden was so poorly lit. 
The venue, the old Chicago main post office, is a landmark at the end of the Eisenhower Expressway, which is often clogged with traffic on a typical weekday. Biden used a speech to attack what he called trickle-down economics, a caricature of early 1980s free market thinking, the Art Leffer uh, thinking that it emphasized tax cuts as a way to spur economic growth. In contrast, Biden chose to emphasize Bidenomics, which is based on public investment, i.e. spending, for public projects. Biden's uh, largely avoided the topic of inflation, which has skyrocketed under his administration, thanks in large part to federal spending. He also did not discuss the challenges of facing energy and power supplies under his green agenda, which prioritizes emission cuts to uh, fight climate change, even at the risk of electricity shortages and brownouts. Democrat challenger Robert F. Kennedy, who is rising in the polls, was set to appear later the same day in Chicago on a nationwide town hall. Uh, The 2024 Democrat National Convention will also be held in Chicago, despite the fact the city has become a symbol of Democrat Party misrule. And finally, in this segment, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy has run afoul of Donald Trump and his allies after seeming to cast doubt on the former president's status as the strongest Republican candidate to challenge Joe Biden. During a CNBC appearance this week, McCarthy suggested Trump could indeed be beat, beat Biden, but suggested that other candidates could also challenge him, while also acknowledging Biden might win. The question is whether he's the strongest to win the election. I don't know the answer, he said. Yeah, anybody can beat Biden. Can Biden beat other people? Yeah, Biden could beat them. Well, he, after all this word salad he got through, he certainly left a blemish on his uh, record with regard to Donald Trump. I'm not sh- Donald Trump, I don't think, has responded to this, but uh, I don't think he's going to be happy. I really don't. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you visit the website and give them a call. It's johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Come on up, Keith Flaw, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Mm-hmm. 
Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on Trace. Here in the commercial from Lulabee's Diner, they do serve tremendous breakfasts and lunches. We were there last night for dinner. They're starting to serve dinner from uh, Wednesday through Saturday, 4 to 8 p.m., and the menu is terrific. We had a great time, very casual, and uh, lots of fun, and great food, and walked out of there with us. <laughs> I can't believe how inexpensive it is, but the food is just terrific. I hope you visit Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center. Coming up, we're going to be uh, visiting with Michael Kennan, Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. Right now, we have with us Keith Law, co-founder and CEO of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Keith, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Keith. Uh, so where where do you stand right now? It's kind of a quiet time uh, in the, the legislature, and uh, what what are your what's your focus right now? Well, it, it is a very interesting time. You know, the kids are out of school, and we've got the Fourth of July coming up, so lots of families on vacation. Yeah. As as they come back off that um, um, mid July time frame, they're going to be focused on what they want to do with their kids. Lots of uh, parents are considering getting out of. And, and, and so we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, legislature, um, they're t- most of them are taking a break. Um, the next uh, big event there is the committee week start in September. Uh, we're trying to meet with leadership uh, r- right now to try to uh, figure out what they want to do and try to influence that. Um, and then, of course, the step up uh, for students, uh, the funding organization for New House Bill 1 in the Department of Education, uh, I think they realize they have a tiger by the tail, and they're trying to figure out what to do. So all of that stuff is going on behind the scenes. Uh, but uh, I thought I'd uh, take the time to ex- briefly explain our team and uh, what each of us are working on right now. Yeah, I think that's a terrific idea because I know you've grown the importance of you, and I'd just like to underscore how important the work is that you're doing and the very positive impact you're having on public school education uh, here in the state of Florida. And just remind our listeners, uh, Florida is number one in terms of public education, no small part to the Florida Citizens Alliance. So tell us about, I mean, you're about 10 years old, maybe 11. Uh, I know you've grown a lot. Tell us about it. Yeah, well, we now have four full-time employees and uh, several interns. Uh, our new executive director started June 1st. Um, he comes to us with with an amazing background. Uh, he spent uh, 
10 years as a as an exec as an executive with freedomworks um, and so he has extensive marketing and uh, uh, fundraising experience and so we're really looking for him as he comes on board he's uh, um, you know taking operational control which uh, gives uh, Pastor Rick and I a chance to be a little bit more creative I think so we're looking forward to that great um, we have uh, he's also Believe it or not, uh, our a- 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 annual fundraiser is next March with uh, Denise D'Souza, but we're already knee deep in in uh, figuring out how to how to pull that off and make it a success. Uh, we have a, a full time marketing manager um, that uh, has been with us now uh, going on two years. Um, he's actually working on uh, revamping our website and refreshing our complete website. Uh, we've been pleased with the one we have, but you, you can never rest on your laurel, so to speak. So uh, we're actively working on that. It's always uh, it's always a good idea to refresh. It's a good reminder to me. I need to refresh as well. It's, it's easy to put off because it's not urgent, but it's important. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, and then uh, our third full-time person, is uh, he came on board in late January. Uh, he's our policy advocate guy, which means that he's very involved in building the relationships uh, with the legislature. Uh, we're actively working on our legislative agenda right now. We have about 10 items on it. And uh, in August, we'll be reaching out to leadership uh, in the legislature to, uh, you know, again, try to understand what they want to do and, and influence that with what we want them to do. So, uh, And then our fourth person um, is uh, Christy DiVagelli. Uh, she's heading up our program uh, to, to help moms and dads form uh, micro schools. Uh, you know, your listeners have heard me say that our public schools are union-driven government monopolies, and the only really long-term solution is get your kids out. So this is a major initiative for us, and, uh, and so we're excited. She's actually in uh, Missouri right now with one of our partners and four of our new ambassadors uh, for training. So. Um, yeah, as I, uh, I think I said at the front end, uh, we, the work never stops for us. Sometimes it's a little more visible uh, than than it is right now, but lots going on. Yeah, it sounds like it. So, uh, Keith, at this point, do you feel like you're fully staffed? Um, our next hire, when we, when we get there financially, will be to hire um, probably a development person. Uh, most people don't really understand what that is, but that's a person that uh, their sole responsibility would be fundraising. Uh, it takes money to do what we're doing. Um, sure. My challenge uh, right now, and we're just kicking off uh, uh, a major fundraising uh, every year. Bob, I think you'll remember, uh, and your listeners may remember, that we do an annual uh, Liberty Challenge. Uh, our goal this year is to raise $250,000. Uh, we're going to be announcing that officially in early July, and what we're doing right now behind the scenes is trying to get halfway there so that when we announce it, we, uh, uh, you know, we, uh, we, we, we have a, a visible chance, and, and of course we will make it. So, uh, But that's the work that's going on right now. Yeah, congratulations to you. By the way, mentioning these uh, micro-schools, I think is what you called them, it's a kind of a hybrid, isn't it, between homeschooling and public schools? So... In other words, it allows you to provide the curriculum and uh, uh, make sure that the education materials are proper, but you're able to share the burden with other parents? Yeah, a, a, a good way to, for, for, for most of us to, to realize what that is, it's, it's, it's like you say, it's a co-op. 
um, you know, where groups of parents, rather than trying to individually homeschool your child, uh, groups of parents come together. Uh, they can, they can uh, start a, a one-room schoolhouse or a micro-school in, in multiple ways here in Florida. Uh, they can do it under homeschool law, or they can do it as, as a private school, or they can do it as part of a ministry in a church. Um, right. So there's multiple ways. Uh, the biggest challenge we have there is, uh, uh, like you and I, we've all been schooled, and it's the the fear that most parents have that they are not they're inept and not able to to homeschool their kids, right? Uh, or or get involved in a co-op like this is uh, uh, palpable. So our challenge is to help uh, moms and dads realize just how easy it is and how it really creates such a wonderful environment for raising your child because now you're in control and you're not subject to the, uh, you know, all the indoctrination that's going on in a government school. So I'll, re- I'll refer our listeners to your website, goflca.com, goflca.com. You can find out about micro schools. You can find out about all the things that are going on with the Florida Citizens Alliance goflca.com Keith, really appreciate the work that you're doing for all of us here in the state of Florida and for coming on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, Thank you, Bob. Have a great rest of your week. You as well. Thank you, Keith. Excuse me, please. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Michael Cannon. He is the Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. 
Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, changing lives through exceptional theater experiences. And you can find out more and get tickets. The website is gulfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, going to visit with uh, Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us Michael Cannon. He is director of health policy studies at the Cato Institute. Michael, thank you so much for joining us. Great to be here, Bob. Thank you, Michael. Tell us about the Cato Institute. The Cato Institute is a libertarian think tank. We are in Washington, D.C., and we advocate the traditional American ideas of individual liberty, limited government, free markets, and peace. Great organization. I encourage you to visit the website, Cato.org, C-A-T-O dot org. So, uh, Michael, there's a lot been going on in terms of legislation and uh, posturing and preening around what's happening. Any updates on health care? Quite a few, actually. You and I were talking off air about how there's been reports that because Obamacare offers quote, free coverage to so many people, coverage with no out-of-pocket payment for the premiums, where the taxpayer pays for the entire premium. It's led to a lot of fraud. Brokers make money selling these zero-premium Obamacare plans to people. And so all they need to do is find people to sign on the dotted line. And so some of them are going around to homeless people who actually aren't eligible for the program, getting them to sign on the dotted line, and then pocketing the commissions that they get from the taxpayers. So that's one fun thing that's happening in the health insurance world. Another is that the uh, House of Representatives has now passed a bill. The Republicans, they, I believe all Republicans and no Democrats voted for this bill that would uh, try to make health insurance more affordable in a couple of ways that I don't think are really the advisable way of going about this. Mm-hmm. They would... They would codify a couple of Trump-era rules, one that let small employee employers uh, form what they call association health plans uh-huh. that would allow them to avoid some regulation, and that's, that's good that they would do that, and I think the critics are wrong for opposing them for the reasons they do. Uh, and then there's another provision that would allow employers to keep offering uh, or an expander ability to offer their workers tax-free dollars that the workers can use to pay for health insurance, on uh, uh, to pay for Obamacare coverage in what we call the individual market. Again, I think their head's in the right place because they want to level the playing field. I think this is not exactly the way of going about it because it can increase the distortions that workers uh, face. It sort of throws good money after bad by helping people afford overly expensive Obamacare coverage rather than do anything to make that coverage more affordable. And uh, it it leaves a choice between employer-sponsored insurance and Obamacare with employers in the government rather than letting workers choose because it's the employer who decides whether the worker stays in an employer plan or takes that money elsewhere. The government set it up that way. Really, there, there, there are better rules that the Trump administration put in place that that Congress could have codified, uh-huh. like the one allowing people to avoid Obamacare coverage and buy more affordable, better coverage than rather than a junk Obamacare plans. But either way, this bill is not probably not going to go anywhere. It's probably going to get stalled in the Democrat Democratic-controlled Senate. So uh, there, there's still time for uh, both chambers to 
get together and work on better legislation. Well, they certainly should. Uh, my understanding is uh, Obamacare. Remember all those promises, $2,500 you'll save on your health insurance plan and all that nonsense. What I, I yeah, think, how did you spend yours? <laughs> yeah, I spent it on health insurance. How about you? <laughs> yeah, pretty much everyone else, too. Yeah, so, but uh, Michael, the, the question, I think there's like a very small percentage of the insureds are, are insured through Obamacare. Well, that is true. About 10, the, what we call the individual market is, is where individuals purchase insurance directly from insurance companies rather than get it through the government or through an employer. Uh-huh. And that individual market accounts for only about 10% of the private health insurance market. And when you include the quote-unquote private insurance that the government uh, buys for people through Medicaid and the Medicare programs, then it's even smaller than the individual market seems to hit less than 10%. However, and that's the, that individual market, that 10% is what the, is what Obamacare regulates most heavily. However, Obamacare does regulate small employer insurance and large employer insurance, uh, unnecessarily heavily. Yeah. Just not as much as the individual market. Well, so would you? Uh, how would you rate Obamacare? I would rate it as a legislative failure. So, not only is it a failure that has neither the official name of the law was the Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act. Right. So it has failed because it's not protecting patients. It's making coverage worse for healthy and sick people alike, costing sick people thousands of dollars a year, leaving everyone with inadequate coverage. It's also not affordable because premiums have uh, skyrocketed as a result of Obamacare and, uh, and really left people with expensive junk coverage. But on top of that, the re- reason the Congress wanted to c- pass this law in the first place is to fix problems that Congress itself made dating back maybe 100 years uh, uh, to to the creation of the income tax, right? Uh, which which for reasons I think we've discussed, may t- uh, ended up tying health insurance to employment, made health insurance and medical care more expensive, and threw people out of their health insurance when they changed jobs, leaving them with uninsured and uninsurable pre-existing conditions. That happened millions of times every year in this country uh, because government created an income tax that pushed people out of their coverage after they got sick. So when Congress was passing Obamacare, not only did Obamacare end up being a failure, but it was trying to fix previous government failures. And it just showed that Congress never learned its lesson, that it can't, the Congress cannot manage our way out of this problem. The only way to solve this problem is for Congress to get government out of health care entirely. And Obamacare delayed that possibility by at least decades. Thank you, Michael. That is uh, such a good summary of what's going on. If I'm not mistaken, that uh, the whole notion of fringe benefits developed because uh, there was a wage freeze during the FDR's administration, and employers were looking for ways to attract and keep employees, and so if they couldn't pay them more money, they'd offer, quote-unquote, fringe benefits, one of them, of course, being health insurance. So again, uh, a problem created by government has been compounded by legislatures who are trying to fix the problem that government created. 
That is one of the things that the government did that gave a boost to employer-sponsored health insurance. But the phenomenon of employers paying the premiums and get, uh, really did not take off. And that's, uh, that's, that's really what's, uh, I think, solidified employer-sponsored insurance in place and, and denied workers control over their own earnings, which is the worst part of the tax treatment of employer-sponsored insurance is that it does that. That didn't really take off until after World War II era wage and price controls lifted uh-huh. in the 1950s. And in, employer-sponsored insurance continued to grow after the 1950s. So it could not have been entirely uh, those wage controls from World War II. Uh, I, see, I think the main cause was the tax preference or the tax exclusion for employer-sponsored yeah. health insurance, which dates back before you know, pre-World War II, sure. and uh, that Congress codified uh, in 1956 after, the, uh, after employers and employees had gotten so used to it for, for decades. And that, and that is still the major obstacle to workers controlling their own health care dollars and health care decisions. Michael Cannon, again, Director of Health Policy, uh, Public Policy in the Cato Institute, and refer you <clears throat> to uh, Cato.org, C-A-T-O.org. Michael, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Always great to be here, Bob. Thanks. Yeah, thank you so much. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seat Motley. He is in Belize. Always appreciate talking to Seaton. We're going to talk about his latest column, that and more, right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now I'll play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too.
back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Because of that, that's one of the reasons we like to have Seton Motley on the show. Seton is the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. Tell us about Less Government. Uh, I can't. We're not doing it. Um, <laughs> I, I, uh, we exist to reduce the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and that's not the plan. <laughs> well, it's not, not the uh, plan, certainly, of the Democrat Party or from... Uh, Progressives. Well, the people actually running things. That's it's ex- not where. That's exactly right. So you wrote a column: hedge funds, big banks, and BlackRock. These guys run the world. Maybe you could tell us about it. Yeah, that was in quotes because this is, of course, uh, you know, it's been uh, hopefully it, it didn't get as much run as it should have, of course. But um, James O'Keefe, who founded Project Veritas and is now in some sort of crisscross lawsuit situation with the organization he founded has gone out on his own and started the O'Keefe Media Group, which I think he intentionally did because the acronym is OMG. Um, <laughs> I, I, I swear to, I, I've met James O'Keefe. He's got exactly that kind of sense of humor. I would, have bet, I would bet that was intentional. Yeah. Anyway, he, you know, he, his favorite tactic is the honeypot, which in spy parlance is send a hot girl to a guy you want to spill the, want to spill the beans, and the guy will spill the beans in an attempt to show off to the attractive woman. Uh, you know, we're, we're stupid when it comes to women. And this I don't know what this girl looks like. I would imagine she's attractive. You don't see her, you see him on the undercover video. He's a recruiter for BlackRock. Uh, what is BlackRock? BlackRock is a giant. I don't know if you want to call it a hedge fund anymore. It's a, it controls $10 trillion of assets. Right around the world that's bigger than every country's economy except china and the u.s right and it, so they 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 are a, a, a monster and a video recently resurfaced from 2017 the, the, the ceo of blackrock then and now is larry fink and he was talking in 2017 and of course 2017 it's hard to think back pre these terms that we didn't call it ESG and DEI, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion, and then the environmental crap, ESG. Right. We didn't call it that then, but he was on stage at some event talking about how he's going to use his leverage, his companies, and his money to force people <clears throat> to accept these things. Yeah. And that was when he was, I think he was only worth $7 trillion. Now he's worth $10 trillion. Well, flash forward to now, here's this guy who's a recruiter for BlackRock, meaning I guess he hires people for BlackRock, talking to this undercover reporter, and he, the, the, the quote you gave from the headline is something he said. Hedge funds, uh, big banks, and, and BlackRock, they run the world. And, yeah. they, and they do. And you see this over and over again. I've been saying this for a while. If this was solely about money and the bottom line, after Bed, Bud Light tanked, you'd have seen every, nobody else engaged in what Bud Light did. But what have we seen since Bud Light? Target did it. Right. Walmart did it. Chick-fil-A did it. This is not about 
you know, money. This is about something else. And they're all, they're all writing off the loss because they think the advancement of these idiotic anti-society ideas is more important than the bottom line. So that's what this kid, this recruiter, I don't know, he looks like maybe 30 at that. Um, but he, he, he lays out the entirety of the situation, which is, because you, you see this all the time, you see the banks. Like, if you're a conservative or a Christian joint, all of a sudden you can't get a credit, you can't get credit, you can't get a credit card. They won't process your credit card. You see all these, you know, GoFundMe kicks people off of, uh, conservatives and Christians off the platform. You can't raise money with them. Right. Um, and, you know, their, their you know, the, the percentage that GoFundMe collects is the same for conservatives as it is for liberals, but they won't take the money. They just kick you off the platform so you can't raise the money. Huh. Um, and this is what's happening now. And this is, so you, you combine what this guy said to, uh, today, or this, you know, recently, versus what, Compare, you know, link it up with what Larry Fink said in 2017 about how we're going to do this. Well, this is the the recruiter today. He has a weird name. His name is Sergey Valet or something. Um, he's hard to look up now. His his LinkedIn profile has been deleted, and he's no longer on social media. And, but anyway, he's basically saying what Larry Fink said we were going to do in 2017. They're now doing. Yeah, it's a. Uh... Unbelievable, and of course, this whole—the uh, whole thing, environmental, social, and governance—should uh, stay. You know, it exists as part of the entire process of running a business. So you need to pay attention to those things. Well, anyone with anyone with a fifth-grade education knows that ESG principles lose money. Right. DEI loses money. I mean, you had that guy with the with the Titan mini sub. We don't want to hire, you know, there's nothing inspiring about hiring 50-year-old white guys. We want to hire people that inspire. Yes, they also get <laughs> killed underwater. It's, um, it's so true. It's, uh, you know, you, I hear people in the Naples Daily News here in town, they, uh, the editor of the paper said, we are the most diverse organization that you could possibly manage, and went on through the whole process of explaining. And I'm saying to myself, you know, why don't you just go out and cannibalize the very best reporters in the entire world and make the right. Naples Daily News the best paper in the United States? That would be a lot better than the trash you're printing right now, the donkey press here in, in Naples. Whenever, whenever, I see, whenever I see DEI, I saw a shirt advertised for sale on Facebook, and it said, world's okayest pilot. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, that's DEI, world's okayest pilot. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, it, diversity, equity, inclusion is a money loser. Right. ESG is a money loser, because we've discussed this before. Fake energy loses money. It acquires massive government subsidies, and it still doesn't make money. Um, but they don't care, because, again, they... They bud lighted themselves over and over and over again in, in, in corporation after corporation. It's not about money anymore. It's about pushing their agenda. Yeah. And that's where we are now. And that's what this BlackRock kid is saying. Hey, Larry Fink is obviously a very bright guy, despite the fact that he's shoving this crap. Because in 2017, he said, I'm going to leverage my companies to do this. And here we are in 2023. And this guy's saying, Larry Fink is leveraging his companies to do this. Unbelievable. 
You go woke, you go broke. That's the way it works. Uh, so see, they don't seem to care. And now, you, see, you know. I just I really appreciate your commentary on the show. I refer our listeners to lessgovernment.org. You can also visit Less Government on Facebook. Seaton, I always appreciate your terrific commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much, sir. My pleasure indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to bring it local. We're going to visit with the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Luke Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round, Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. They help prepare elected officials to create winning strategies to pass laws that are effective in the state legislatures. You can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org, thefga.org. We have with us the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Bill, thank you so much for joining us. Bob, it's my pleasure on this almost July 4th uh, weekend, huh? It really is, and uh, it's yeah. it's been hot, but it's hot all over the country. Yeah, that's true, but um, yeah, I, I just, I don't remember it being quite hot at this time of the year, but um, you know, the difference between 92 degrees and 96 degrees, I don't think, I don't know whether you'd feel it or not, I, I still get out and walk uh in that stuff, and it, it's definitely hot, but, you know, hey, listen, you do it because it's good for you uh, or whatever. But I, I wanted to tell you, so the last council meeting last week, <laughs> excuse me, before they uh, went on break, uh, the mayor makes a remark 
that about knocked us off our chairs. She's in the middle of a debate about uh, codes and whatever. I think we talked about that last week a little bit. And she says, well, we are a new council. And it was like, it was kind of like, she just kept right on talking, but she got that in, that they're a new council. After three years, Bob? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, um, as you use anything that she can use, she'll use, believe me. And somebody will believe that they're a new council, so they therefore should get some breaks. Um, but that was probably one of the most absurd remarks that I've heard her make. Wow. In any event, we do have an election. Is the election coming up in February? Yes, sir. And it do, is. Do we have declared candidates at this point? Yeah, well, um, <clears throat> you know, we have, let's say we have declared vacillation at this point uh, of who is and who isn't. Um, you have, um, you know, there's four, there'll be four seats up, including the mayors. Um, so you've got the mayor and you have um, uh, McCabe and you have um, uh, Perry and you have Blankenship. So um, I don't know, you know, nobody has officially declared. The mayor says yes, then she says no. Um, and um, still hoping Gary Price will uh, will announce. He, he told somebody last week that he was. Great. Uh, and um, uh, we'll see. And then I hear stories that one council member wants to go up to state politics. Um, one might not run. So it'll be interesting. We get into October and November. We'll, um, yeah, we'll, we'll get it cranked up. So interesting. And we'll see what's going on. Absolutely. So uh, a lot of people, it's going to be, I think, a record uh, travel weekend, July 4th. Uh, do you have any travel plans? No, sir. I um, don't expect to get out of Naples unless I go up to Ollie's for Ollie's three-day sale. Um, everything is 15% off. <laughs> I'm not even familiar with Ollie's. What is Ollie's? Oh, Bob, you don't know what you're missing. It's right up there on Benita. Uh, <laughs> no, right when you go into Benita on the right side. You've never been to Ollie's? You'd be in for a treat if you and Linda have nothing else to do. They have uh, they have all discount um uh, close out merchandise uh-huh. and you, you can get everything from, from, um, window air conditioners that for 250, $300 to, uh, pots and pans, uh, um, that are, that are nice. I mean, really nice stuff. That's, uh, uh, unbelievably inexpensive, but it's just fun one time to absolutely do that. Well, so I'm not getting paid by Ollie's to do this. I got to make up. <laughs> Make an announcement, so in well, case you wonder. Okay, well, we got to we got to check it out. I, I mean, I'm just I'm just grateful that we're not getting on an airplane. I mean, can you imagine that the, the problems that people are going to have? Flights have already been canceled. They had one flight that landed on its belly and oh. couldn't get the wheels down. I think that was a uh, Delta flight, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, oh. I think uh, you know that's just going to be a, a bad t- time to travel. Yeah, I mean, but it, but listen, let's face it. You know, we're <clears throat> Americans. Uh, we like to go places on the Fourth of July. It's our holiday, uh, yep. uh, and uh, uh, the weather is usually someplace decent anyway where they travel. And if they get on the road, that's another nightmare. But you know what? I think families enjoy it. Yeah, I do. I don't think they enjoy the the 
some of the grief they go through, but I think they enjoy being together and going to visit other friends and whatever. And so, you know, it's like, hey, have a good time and be careful. And what else can you say, right? That's exactly it. Although I will say that we've got this condition called a heat dome that's uh, embracing and uh, covering most of the United States. So it's like 15 or 20 degrees hotter in most, lo most locations. So I think you got to yeah. choose your destination carefully. Choose it with a pool or a lake, for sure. And then, you know, the other thing is, we're still getting smoke from Canada. Did you see that yesterday? I did. I mean, seeing the pictures even, it's just incredible. And I have a, I mean, there's still 500 fires going in Canada right now. I have a feeling this condition is going to continue probably into September, October. Well, don't they ever get rain up there? I mean, stupid question, but don't they get rain in the summer? I mean, I'm sure they do. It just takes a couple of really, really good, good, you know, uh, thunderstorms are, are a lot of with a lot of rain in it to sure help them. But you can't, you can tell me that they haven't had any yet. Well, maybe they haven't. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Yeah, certainly there's going to be more rain there than there is in California, for example, or in the summer. Right, right, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, who, who, who knows? Rain and cool would be good for them. But, uh, well, we'll keep our fingers crossed. That's all. It's, you know, I feel really bad for them and the trees and us with the smoke and, you know, Crazy. It's never a dull moment. Never a dull moment. Bill Barnett, I just genuinely appreciate your commentary here on the show. I hope you'll have a great uh, July 4th weekend. We'll look forward to talk to you next Thursday. For sure, Bob. And you take care and you guys be safe, all right? You as well. Thank you so much, Bill. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. Learned a lot. Uh, we've got great guests for tomorrow, including, I'm hopeful, Dr. Zudi Jasser. He is a uh, military uh, commander, naval commander, uh, retired. He's a now a medical doctor in Phoenix, Arizona. And uh, he is just uh, uh, one of those people that is fighting terrorism in the United States. Uh, so interesting. He uh, wrote a book called uh, The Battle for the Soul of Islam. He is uh, Islamic. And uh, just a really interesting guy. I hope he'll, he'll be able to join us uh, tomorrow. It's early in Phoenix, but nevertheless, I'm, I'm hopeful he'll be able to join us. Uh, also, uh, uh, William Yateman, research, I should say, a uh, senior legal fellow at the Pacific La Foundation, will be joining us, as well as Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston, space architecture, and author of many books. He also writes a column for Newsmax.com. It's called On Point. Always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com, bobharden at hotmail.com. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.